Welcome to HIV Frontlines, U.S. Edition, a podcast series from TheBody.com, focusing on frontline workers in the HIV epidemic in the United States. In this series, we'll talk with the dedicated people who work tirelessly to fight HIV, from HIV prevention workers and treatment advocates to outspoken journalists and policymakers. For more information on this podcast, including a full transcript, please visit us on the web. My name is Audrea Russell. I am the HIV program coordinator at Women in Need. Women in Need is a non-for-profit organization that first started out providing services to women who were in need of shelter, homeless services. They have expanded their services. This actually being their 26th year to provide services not just to women but also to their families who are homeless. We also operate uh, shelters throughout the Bronx, Manhattan, and Brooklyn that provide services, homeless services, to women who are in transition. We also operate two substance abuse day treatment program in the South Bronx and also in Manhattan. The bulk of our work seems to be centered in the area that I work, which is HIV, but we tend to intercross with other disciplines. It's uh, HIV never stands alone. There's domestic violence, there's poverty, there's homelessness, there's substance abuse, all those other things, influencing factors that drives the disease. Primarily, one of our new area that we've been focusing is the work that we've been doing with um, young girls, which started out at one of our medium-sized shelter where I started to do work with girls and provide in group sessions with these young ladies who were living in the shelter. We also did some work with young men, but unfortunately we didn't get funded to continue the work with the men. The name of the program is Kid Sister. We have started doing our intervention since uh, late last fall. It is very interesting working with them because we are learning more about the needs of the population and how we can tailor-made services to answer to these needs, which in essence is providing education about HIV, how it's transmitted, also providing information that support them to make good decisions, teaching communication skills, also providing education around drug use, gender and ethnic pride. We know self-esteem is also one of those big indicators that studies have shown link with women who are positive, that if you feel good about yourself, you're more apt to make good decisions, decisions that will not put you at risk for HIV. The group meets once a week for an hour and a half. The kid sister intervention is modeled after the sister intervention that came out a couple of years ago from the CDC. And basically, it gives them an opportunity to express themselves in a safe space to talk openly about their concerns about HIV, but also how they see themselves being portrayed as women of color in society, whether it's in pop culture or in their neighborhood. They also will talk about some the barriers that they will face just in their daily interactions, peer pressure to participate in sexual activity, peer pressure to get involved sometimes with drugs, which we know, again, it's one of those risk factors that are associated with 
HIV. We provide them with the skills which hopefully will help them to make those decisions that won't put them at risk for being infected. The age group that we're working with is from 10 to 13 years old. What the program does is that we recruit these girls from the shelter with the assistance of shelter staff, flyers, information sessions that we'll have with those families who have daughters who are in that age range to get them to participate in the program. As you know, working with the homeless population presents various challenges, but we have been working closely with the staff to overcome those challenges, recruiting them and keeping them in the program just for those four weeks that the intervention will run. They have a lot of fun learning. A lot of times we don't do the regular one and a half hour we go over that time because there's so much questions and so much that they may bring up surrounding the topic that we may cover on that specific day. So I'll take my time. I'll take an extra hour if it takes that or two to sit and explain it to them because you know the old adage, if you could save one, you know, my job isn't done, but that's a big help. That's the point of reference that I work from, providing them information and spending the time with them to ensure that they understand it. We um, realize the needs of the population. It's an incentive-driven population. The first week that they come to the intervention, they'll get one of those little fabulous red rubber bands that you see a lot in various colors. Ours is in red with the name of the program on it and the agency's insignia, which is Women in Need Win and Kid Sister imprinted on it. The second week, there's a keychain and then the baseball cap. And the final week is the big finale the t-shirt and they've always received that well. We use it as incentive for them to show their friends in the shelter. Say we had fun but not only did we have fun we learned most important and here are some of the little trinkets and gifts that we got for showing up and participating. It's been working well with them. It's been received well by the staff and the families who I've spoken to in the shelter most of them have indicated that they would like to have their children participate in it. Time is also one of the big barriers for them because with the changes within the Department of Homeless Services and the requirements that the parents to go out and work, a lot of times sometimes the children who are eligible aren't able to participate because they're helping out doing household chores and catching up doing schoolwork. We haven't been able to get all of the girls who are within that age range, which is my goal, to have each and every one of them participate participate in the program. We'll be running the program for a year and it should be up until September of this year. I'm hoping to have more good news about it to share with the public about what we have learned about this population per se. That will put us in a better position to get more funding to do more work with not just this site but agency-wide, the girls who are within that age range and the young men hopefully. 
How did you get involved doing HIV work? It's been an interesting journey for me. <laughs> I started doing HIV work back in the late 90s, just about when the new medications came out. I started working with a project known as the Bridge Project on Rikers Island, which provided discharge planning services to inmates who were HIV positive, ensure that they had continued services as they re-entered the community. From then, I kind of ventured on to another program that was built on almost the same premise, but directly making sure that they had medication before leaving Rikers Island. That was the MedSpan program, which is still up and running on Rikers. Most of my interests, my experience have been also with the incarcerated population. Then I branched out doing some more work within that population, but more around health care, advocating for them in the community as they are coming home. That was very interesting because we saw that although they would have gotten services leaving the correctional facilities, at times there were other barriers such as making sure that I find a place to live and then maintaining compliance with the medication. So I did more work around that. All of my professional life has been with HIV care and I do have a passion for the work that I do and for the people that I serve because there is such a need for um, provided information to those who are at risk but also to the general population because in doing that we can help to bring the numbers down. My spin on it is providing knowledge, giving as much as I can, as much time, much energy as I can to ensure that someone does not become infected with HIV. The opinions expressed by hosts or interviewees in this podcast do not constitute professional advice, should not be considered substitutes for professional services, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of Body Health Resources Corporation or its sponsors. Please see the full disclaimer online at thebody.com. If you have comments or questions, please contact us. This has been HIV Frontlines U.S. Edition from The Body. Be sure to check in frequently at thebody.com for the latest news and information on HIV.